back to normal somewhat for, for most folks, not everybody yet. One of the hardest hit areas, uh, certainly probably the hardest hit it, uh, by population goes, Hillsdale County. And that's where we find our state senator, Andrew Fink, this morning. But you got your power back on, what, Friday night, you said? Yeah, mine came back on around 11 o'clock on Friday evening. Uh, I happen to be a Hillsdale BPU customer, uh, not, not a consumer's customer. I think that BPU, obviously with fewer customers, had a, a more focused area. And they like consumers. Um, and uh, I think also cold water in the, the relatively short period of time, cold water had some outages, cold water BPU. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of mutual aid from uh, from agencies around the area, including uh, from Indiana and, and up north. So they they work pretty quickly. Um, and uh, and the numbers are down, but I think we still have uh, some, somewhere over 7,000 uh, customers in Hillsdale County that are down, and uh, a substantially smaller number in Branch. I haven't actually looked to see whether the city of Hudson's back up or not, but they were down as well. So my entire district was affected pretty heavily by this ice storm. Yeah, Bowling Green, Ohio crews coming up to help it uh, in the city of Coldwater there. Uh, obviously, they weren't hit, so that uh, they had the crews to spare for that. On the east side of the state, it was even worse. I mean, they had uh, three-quarter million customers for DTE out at the the height of the storm. And now f- some of the folks, uh, I, I know, on the Senate side of things calling for for hearings on, the, uh, on this, and it might go into the know, Senate Energy Committee on that. Is there, from your mind as a lawmaker, any role that the, the state should now play in this as far as, or is this just an act of God? Should you be forcing the utilities to do other things to, to prepare for storms like this? You know, the, the, that's a great question, Ken, because the, the, I do think that this was an unusually, you know, uh, dangerous event from a perspective of, of, uh, of keeping the power on because until the day comes when we have every wire underground, uh, you know, essentially no, re- no, 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 no regular amount of tree trimming is probably going to prevent uh, an event like this from happening where trees that normally are healthy, uh, you know, fall because of all the, the weight from the ice and whatnot. But it, but it does bring up the, the, the reliability concerns that we were kind of dealing with a couple of years ago. And I have heard from the utilities, not so much DTE since they're not in, in our area. They don't have a uh, customer base in our area. But, but I've heard from the utilities, uh, both the locals and, uh, and consumers, that they've stepped up efforts at tree trimming. You know, I can say that the trees by the wires in front of my property have been trimmed recently. So I do think that it's true that they're, that they're making uh, adjustments. And it's something that probably needs to keep happening, and they need to make sure that they're explaining the steps that they're taking well, not only to the legislature, but to their own customers, uh, because, you know, reliability is supposed to be one of the trade-offs of the, of the sort of, you know, public utility designated provider way that we, that we do energy provision in Michigan. And so if we're going to keep, if we're going to keep that system in place, then there's got to be the sort of the payoff of availability and reliability. And so I think that it's a conversation. What I've, what I've told the folks at the utilities is I'd like to debrief following, you know, once their work here is done and, and they're, they're not focused on restoration of power uh, any longer and we can, act, we can kind of take a step back and think through it. You know, this event is a tough one, I think, but there have been lesser events that have knocked out power for too long in the past. So I think it's, it's kind of a helpful reminder that if we're going to have to deal with events like this, we shouldn't have to deal with. Uh, lower stress events causing lengthy outages too. 
State Representative Andrew Fink on the line with us this morning. Shift gears a little bit. Uh, there was some work done in Lansing last week. Uh, some hearings going on as uh, obviously affecting this area because it's, you know, 25 miles away from here where they're uh, putting in that new battery plant for Ford, or at least they're proposing it. It's not, I mean, they haven't uh, got it built yet, but it's it's on its way. And the MEDC asking for some more money for infrastructure in that area. Uh, you were part of those discussions last week and the hearings there. Is that a good move? Is that uh, what the state should be doing for for an investment like this from Ford? Yeah, well, to be clear, Ken, more money in this case means three-quarters of a billion dollars. So originally we were told that the state's sort of uh, involvement here would be around a billion dollars, um, and now it's going to be more like $1.7 billion, according to this, this new plan. So. It's a lot of money, and so, it's, you know, it would have to be a very good deal. And, and right now, the numbers, if you kind of run them by the number of projected jobs uh, that are going to pay an average of around $45,000 a year, um, the number of projected jobs is, uh, uh, if you kind of divide that by the amount of money that, that the state's looking to spend, it's going to be like over $700,000 of, uh, of state money spent per job added. Obviously, the the pitch is that there are you know ancillary positive effects, but you understand that's quite a lot of money for the state to be spending for a relatively small number of jobs. So, uh, I do have concerns about that, and then I you know I have concerns that I don't know if you and I've talked about before, but I'm sure you've seen uh, some of my press releases and whatnot on this. But I've got concerns about the fact that the technology that they're sourcing is uh, from a company that is uh, effectively controlled by the Chinese government and. You know, the Chinese government is completely controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. So it's not as though, like, uh, uh, the people of China themselves are, are the problem here, but the fact that any any Chinese company with a footprint in the United States is going to be subject to the Chinese national intelligence law, which requires them to cooperate in the intelligence-gathering activities of the government itself, you know, you can understand, I think, that that, that is different for me than, than uh, another kind of project would be. Uh, and then, you know, the final kind of uh, uh, problem to sort of lay on top of this is just the, the economic, the, the question of whether this style of economic development pays off generally, even if the numbers weren't so high, even if we didn't have this kind of foreign policy, you know, angle to it that people like Marco Rubio have picked up on, uh, and the Chinese hadn't just floated a spy balloon across our country a couple of weeks ago. You know, if we didn't have all of those things, then there would still be the problem of, does this really work well? You know, is this, is this the way that... Uh, we should be spending tax dollars on private uh, investments, essentially, or to facilitate private investments. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's you know that's a question that a lot of us would answer no anyway. So in my mind, this problem has a series of or this this project has a series of challenges that. I don't know whether it will uh, overcome or not. We'll see. Well, and some people thought it was a done deal. I mean, the, the way that the big announcement was made on this, that, uh, you know, giddy, giddy up, let's go on this thing. But are you saying then that this thing might hinge on whether the legislature goes along with this uh, three-quarter billion dollar additional uh, infrastructure money? Yeah, I mean, the, the way I would put it, Ken, is that, yeah, you're right, it was announced this was going to happen. And I don't know if it's because either Ford or the governor sort of thought that once they said, well, we want to do this, then everyone would just say, okay, then we'll do it or not. But, uh, and obviously, you know, they've got majorities in the legislature, so perhaps they can do this uh, regardless of, of my perspective. We'll, I guess we'll see about that. Uh, but, but I don't know if they can get everybody in, the, in, uh, in their own party to support it either. And without the three-quarters of a billion dollars of uh, investment in lar- largely in kind of local and, uh, infrastructure to build basically a, a business park, uh, I don't know that it will happen. 
And I mean, that's the, you know, that's really the, the thing that, that everybody's got to kind of understand is it's only if the state spends all this money that the, the, the private investment will follow. Uh, and so it all sort of works together. Interesting. It, it kind of in the news business, we say we hide the lead. That almost seemed that they hid the lead on that when they when they'd made that announcement that well, that still had know, to be done. Ken, and I think if you peel back the onion a little bit here, the, one of the reasons that it took this long to get this announcement out is because uh, some of us thought that the governor was looking to do something like this several weeks ago, and we started talking about how the, her plan at that time was to put this seven hundred fifty or maybe eight hundred million dollars directly into the programs that the store fund funds, so the critical infrastructure, critical infrastructure, I'm sorry, critical industries program and strategic site readiness program. The reason to do that would have been to avoid the appropriation committee from having to conduct a hearing or getting to conduct a hearing and involving the legislature in this plan, and it would have been done with 2022 money. Uh, and that's really the, that, that failed plan is the uh, father of the, $180 checks plan that I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, both of which are in, were intended to prevent the state from getting the income tax cut that the law currently says that we're entitled to get. So, you know, the, the, the sort of the secrecy was double in this case. It was both a delay in saying we need to spend more money on this project, and also it was the first attempt to hide the fact that the governor is trying to prevent a tax cut from going into place next year. Uh, what a tangled web we weave in Lansing, huh? Yes, sir. We'll stay in touch on this, and if not sooner, we'll talk in a couple of weeks, all right? Talk to you then, Ken. Thank you. That's uh, our state representative, Andrew Fink, this morning.